what it sounded like Friday evening at Toronto's Pearson International Airport when Jimmy and Natalie Bitton were waiting anxiously for their 18-year-old daughter Simona to emerge from the doors at the International Arrivals Area in Terminal 1. I'd been chatting with them while they waited. Bitton is a Jewish history teacher at CHAT, a Toronto Jewish high school, and he says the family once immigrated to Israel and lived there for a year, and they're all actually Israeli citizens too. Their daughter Simona had been in Israel for a month now, on what was supposed to be a gap year from university. She was volunteering at a daycare in Tel Aviv as part of the Massa program. It's run by the Jewish Agency for Israel. She was there uh, for one of the Gaza wars, so she's been in bomb shelters before. She is a very resilient human being. Um, and so she seemed to be less phased by this than uh, than we were. <laughs> but uh, Have you slept? No, no. No, not really, no. But I think the fact that we're here and she's there, we're not together, made the situation worse for, for us. Yeah. So it was very emotional for me. I was very anxious, yeah, couldn't sleep. After she spent a week in and out of bomb shelters, and when things started to heat up on Israel's northern border, her parents put their foot down, and then she had to come home. Simona was one of the first passengers taking part in the Royal Canadian Air Force airlift mission, taking Canadian civilians out of Tel Aviv to Athens. She was on a CC-150 military jet to Greece on Thursday. The flight was free. On Friday, she boarded a long-haul Air Canada flight to Toronto via Munich. Her parents, Jimmy and Natalie, and her younger brother, Ezra, were visibly relieved that she was safely home in Canada, while Israel is embroiled in an unprecedented war with Hamas. But Simona is torn. Yeah, I was at the airport for 12 hours, sleeping on the floor basically the whole time in Athens, and then went to, to, to Munich. There go, Munich, and then here. And yeah, but I want to go back to Israel. <laughs> I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, October the 16th, 2023. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. As we've been reporting, Air Canada and most other major airlines stopped flying to Israel after Hamas carried out its murderous slaughter of civilians on Saturday, October 7th. But Simona Bitton was one of about a thousand Canadians who've managed to get out of Tel Aviv airport so far via those special Canadian military flights. A large group of other Canadians arrived in Toronto just minutes after she did. They, however, came directly from Athens on board Air Canada's first special repatriation flight, AC number 2021. It's also part of the government airlift. It isn't free, though. You have to pay for the ticket, either using an existing Air Canada reservation or buy a new one with a special code. About 170 people were on board that discounted flight, although there was room for 300 Noam Butterfield isn't surprised. He's from Vancouver. He, together with his widowed father David, his brother Yaron, all of Vancouver, and their sister Kineret, who lives in Toronto, had all traveled to Israel earlier in the month to mark the one-year anniversary of their mother's death. Yaffa Butterfield was Israeli. She left behind a large family when she settled in Vancouver. When the war started, the Butterfields were in Rehovot, near Tel Aviv. Noam Butterfield says trying to get news about their travel arrangements from the Canadian embassy in Tel Aviv was impossible. So after they registered for the military evacuation program, they took their chances and just showed up at the airport hoping to get lucky. We wouldn't have been on this flight if we didn't hear from a reporter that my brother was in communication on WhatsApp with. And he said, oh, 
I think there's a plane landing there pretty soon. Um, so then we didn't have any emails, even though we registered with the government and kept sending reminder emails and new emails. And we got kept getting the canned responses, we'll notify you within 24 hours and um, didn't hear anything within 24 hours. So that's pretty uh, frustrating. When did you start calling around three to find about ago. three days ago? You called the embassy hotline in Tel Aviv? Hotline and email and WhatsApp. There's a whole bunch of different links. Telegram signal. We yeah. used a bunch of them. Yeah. And then so the reporter said, oh, there looks like there's a flight and he's looking at flight radar. We said, okay. Um, and then my cousin said to me, he was out. He came back and he said the situation is escalating really quickly. Um, I would get out if you can if you, to see your family. Um, our plan was to, to do that anyway. but And so we said, okay, well, it's, apparently there's a plane at the airport. Why don't we just go to the airport? So no one's What's it like in that plane, the military plane? Oh, it's, it's, it looks almost like a regular plane, except uh, the flight attendants are wearing military uniforms. Were people, like, singing Hatikva or O Canada? What was going on on the plane? It was clapping. pretty... No. It, it, there was clapping when we landed. Um, I would say it was pretty quiet. I mean, it was... It, the, the, more, the shocking thing was the plane was half empty. That's what was shocking. It was half empty. So there's all these people trying to get out. Why? So maybe because nobody could get out right away. Maybe today's is fuller. Well, there's tons of people at the airport. We would have been there. My parents weren't even at the airport until I said, why don't you come? Because maybe we can get well, on the plane. Where are your parents? Oh, my dad. My mom's passed, but right. my dad and my sister, sorry, no, I meant sorry. to say. So they, they weren't at the airport because they were waiting to get the information from the Canadian Embassy. And I said, well, my brother, we're already at the airport. We'll just try and get on whatever plane we can. And actually, everyone left the uh, area where the Canadian embassy was, and we said, let's just hang around here. So we were just hanging around. Like the around. little area in Tel Aviv Airport right. where they have the... That's right. Yeah. And then... It's like, I heard it's scribbled on a whiteboard, all the, like, where all the different countries are. Did you see that picture? I didn't see that, but they're pretty clear, the Canadian flags and a little table. It was really easy to find them. Um, there are tons of people that were there that were helpful, and, and they said, okay, there's no flights right now, but you'll probably be on tomorrow. We just hung around the area, and then about, I don't know, two hours, maybe two hours later, maybe an hour and a half later, the flight was quite delayed, and one of the representatives, he came down, and he saw us, and we had talked to him a few times, and he said, oh, you still want to go? Because there's a couple more spots. And then I said, will there be a couple more spots? I can call my parent, my, my dad and my sister. And they said, yeah, if they can get here in about 20 minutes. So I called them and, and they came. And then we finally went through the process. It was still delayed, 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 which is fine. we got to figure things out. I'm not worried about that. Um, but yeah, we got on the plane, closed the doors, getting ready to go. And there's still half the seats empty. So that's disappointing because... I'm hearing two flights a day, people are trying to get out, people aren't getting communication, and then I'm also hearing planes are leaving Israel half empty. Not not just this plane, like um, even regular flights. So I get that there's probably a lot of people buying tickets on multiple planes just to get out, and then they're not showing up to those flights, so I get that, but if, if, if me, if I was running the process, I would say to Canadians, go to the airport, wait, ask, see if you can get on the flight. So anyway, that that's, to me, that was a clearly 
this isn't something that happens all the time. So, you know, I, I, I'm, it's, it's a balance between being frustrated and just seeing that there's clearly not great organization. At the same time, I'm here. So there was enough organization to get planes, and I am here, and family's here, and I'm trying you know, to get back saying, to Vancouver. Oh, you're going back to Vancouver. Yeah, so family your family lives Vancouver. in Vancouver. So are you leaving tonight or no? I'm trying. I need to go right now okay. as quick as possible to get All a right. plane. His sister, Kinneret Butterfield Morrison, was relieved to come back to Toronto Friday night and reunite with her husband, Robert Morrison, and their two young daughters, one of whom has a little cough. She painted a picture of what Israelis have been experiencing since Hamas's surprise attack. Thankfully, my family doesn't live near the border communities, um, but uh, obviously the horror of what occurred there is affecting everyone. Um, and the raining of rockets and the trauma that kids are experiencing, um, you know, running into shelters and running into stairwells, and, uh, and everyone knows someone who knows someone who is missing or lost their lives. And I have a big family in Israel and I also have, you know, uh, cousins um, and their children who are now deployed. Um, And it's just just a really sad, difficult time. I kept thinking, thank God my kids aren't here because the trauma that the kids are feeling there, um, that was the worst. And I didn't know what was about to happen, right? I, I, you know, we knew they were firing rockets. I know this happens, and thank God for the Iron Dome, right? So nothing had hit in our area, although there were a few. But, um, but yeah, that was sort of where my head was at. And then it was like turning on the news and going, holy crap, like this is insane. This is like, I mean, Jews haven't experienced this since the Holocaust. I mean, this is a major massacre. And... The stories every day, the stories of the people missing and the people who lost their lives is heart-wrenching. It is, I, I just, I can't even describe. So I was, I sort of felt this kind of like, I'm going to go to Canada and live in my safe house and they're dealing with this, right? So I had that feeling too. I just think... that it's completely unprecedented what happened here and there's no moral equivalency and Israelis understand very much that Gazans are going to be hurt by this ordinary citizens trying to live their lives and that also hurts us like but what happened here was a complete slaughter and it cannot happen again like it just cannot and no country would allow that. Um, what, the, the areas where the, the terrorists came into, I mean, those are within the 1948 borders, okay? So this is sovereign Israel. That is like coming into Canada, into people's homes, and slaughtering them. War is terrible, but what happened here is not within the rules of war. And I just want people to be aware of that. Sivan Detsky of Toronto was in Israel visiting her 15-year-old daughter, Jordan, who's spending a year at a boarding school there. Detsky's husband, Dr. Jay Detsky, and the couple's two sons, Ari and Eliav, remained behind in Toronto and were waiting for them at the airport. Sivan and her daughter, Jordan, were relieved to be home with them. 
but in no mood for celebration. No, it's just my mother would just thoughtfully was like, take a selfie when you arrive. And I said, it's, I'm not taking a selfie. I'm, it's not a, a joyous moment for me arriving home. I'm heartbroken. I'm not happy to be home, like, at all. I'm heartbroken, and I'm devastated, and this is not how I wanted to arrive home. So what was it like at the airport when you got on today in Athens? In Athens, it was a long line for the Air Canada flight, but it was fairly organized. Yeah. Um, a lot swifter than getting on to the military flight in Ben Gurion. Yeah. yeah, tell me about that. That, we were there for te- ten and a half hours at the, at the airport. Like not even checked in? No, they advised us to be there by 3.30 for a 7 p.m. flight. They called us first thing that morning and uh, we arrived at 3, 3.15. Check-in counters didn't even open for us until 5.36 maybe? In the morning. No, this is in the afternoon. Um, the plane didn't arrive until not until seven, and we didn't take off probably until almost ten. But there was no, it wasn't like panic at the airport. There was no rockets yesterday. It was quiet, no, right? Yeah, so it was the, not, at, not at the airport. Where were no. you guys when the war broke out? We're in Rishon Lezion. Yeah, is this your first time in Israel when there's rockets? No. no, we were here last summer when there were rockets too. Yes, but we knew it was very different. Yeah. What were you doing Shortly in Israel? Um, I, like, I'm supposed to be there all year. I'm there for a school program for all of high school. Masa or gap year? Uh, no, like for high school, it's like a boarding school. Oh, what school? Um, it's called Ayanot. It's like a village. And we had like two weeks off of school for a break. For Sukkot. For Sukkot and Yom Kippur. So you and came then I came to, to visit. visit me, yeah. You guys yeah. stayed here? Yep. <laughs> okay, well... Worrying and not sleeping. What was yeah, it like for you? <laughs> Why do you mean they slept more? Because we were woken up by, by the sirens, by sirens <laughs> periodically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And why did you decide was, you needed to come back like earlier than normal, right? Uh, there was worry that there was uh, going to be a larger situation uh, with surrounding areas, and having obviously family here at home, it was important for us Tell to me get who's back. Here for you to greet you. My husband, Jay, and my lovely two boys, Eliev and Arya. Who is, which one? That's I'm Eliev. I'm Ari. Ari, what was it like for you guys being here and watching what's going on in Israel? Uh, Scary. Scary. And what about at school? Do you guys go to Jewish school? Uh, Yes. And how has that been the last few days? We've done a lot of learning on the war in Israel. But in terms of security, were you guys, did you go to school today? Um, Today, no. We skipped school today because it was good. It might have been dangerous. And what was it like on the military plane? Was, what was the atmosphere like, the mood? When you got on? Like, it was a lot different than a normal plane. Because it's like, it's a lot older type of plane. And yeah. there's no, like, flight attendants or anything. Yeah, just, so like, was, the medics and the army that were there. Yeah. It, was, it was solemn. Like, you know, like, peop- and it was a, it's a large plane and was not, it wasn't full. Oh, no. full. Uh, but it was quiet. The flight was short. Uh, it was comfortable. They provided us water. Just water. It's a two-hour flight? How many? Uh, yeah. hour and a half. Yeah. Were you at all nervous being on the plane at all, like flying out of Israel? I was just, like, nervous that alarms were going to go off while we were, like, in the airport and, like, getting on the plane. But other than that, yeah, no, I wasn't nervous taking Who's back in Israel for you? Anybody? Everybody. Everybody. Uh, my father, my brothers, nieces, nephews, uh, yeah. aunts and uncles. Like, her whole side, like, my yeah. whole side. How was it to leave them there. It was very difficult. It's still very difficult. Do 
they want to come to Canada? Did you want them? Are you trying to? I said our doors are open, uh, but they're not Canadian citizens. Um, if they have a way, they'll come. But I have family that's that's serving in the police force right now, and they aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So, what's the mood in Israel? Um, because we watch all the uh, stuff on TV, um, I'm not going to say because maybe they don't know. But yeah, yeah, what is it like there when you see what happens? It's horrifying. Uh, people so are are devastated. Um, like you only go out for necessities. You don't leave the house. Yeah. Like we're stuck uh, at yeah, home. Like the first twenty days absolutely was quiet. No one was out. Uh, we were making sure our doors and windows were completely like closed. Shutters closed. Yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah. So. No, people are, you know, they're used to a certain level of, of discomfort when it comes to rocket fire, um, but this is different. This was the, different the South right is a whole different thing. And yeah. the South is, is, is horrifying. So sad. For Simona Bitton, who you heard at the start of our episode, her immediate future after landing at Pearson Airport was clear, going home to her parents' Shabbat dinner. Steak, salad. Steak. All the things I know she likes. And a shower and sleep. But in the longer term, there's uncertainty about if or when she could complete her year of service in Israel. Her Instagram profile of her experiences is called Simona on Gap. Now it shows a broken heart emoji and a heart with a bandage and the words temporarily on hold. Her mother guarantees she'll be doing volunteering here in Toronto. But after that, she isn't sure. That's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. If you want to connect with any of our interviewees, write to me at ebesner at thecjn.ca. And stay tuned later Monday as the Government of Canada announces who will be replacing Professor Erwin Kotler as the country's new special envoy for Holocaust remembrance and fighting anti-Semitism. The news conference is happening at 9.30 Eastern Time Monday in Ottawa. Thanks for listening.